Hello, readers and writers. I am Professor Grandpa Tonio, the book guy and the writing guy. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Ms. Elwyn Autumn, an award-winning author of picture books, middle grade novels, and young adult fiction. All of her books feature characters who find themselves navigating problems that challenge their courage and their survival. Welcome, Elwyn Autumn. I'm delighted to be talking with you today about your life as a writer and your mission, which will come up later. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me, Elwyn. Well, thank you so much, Anthony, and thank you for having me. Well, I, I just, I'm so glad you're here. About her love of writing, Elwyn has written that she discovered her passion for writing in second grade when she had to write a book report for school. She was so excited to write the, pro the report until her mother told her that she had to write about someone else's book and not her own story. Elwyn became indignant and decided that once she finished the book report, she would most certainly write her own original story. And she has been writing ever since. And aren't we fortunate that she has been writing ever since? Fortunate for Chris Kringle's crop. Cops, her intriguing story, which, by the way, is a reader's favorite book award finalist about Patty Pringle and an unusual elf named Agent 1225, two unforgettable characters who join forces and set off on a mission to, to deliver toys to all the children who ask for them, given that it's too late for Santa to carry out the task. We're also fortunate to have El Elwin's Kamala Chung picture book series, where you'll find a biracial Kamala dealing with problems that kids so often endure for better or worse. In Kamala Chung and the Creepy Crawlies, I love that title, it's Kamala's fears that keep readers wondering if she'll ever conquer the Crawlies threats. And Kamala Chung and the Classroom Bully, a Mom's Choice Gold Award, it's the title that clues readers to Kamala's conflict with the nasty bully, Nikita. How does Kamala cope and what eventually surprises her and us about the bully? Elwin has also authored Captain Hook, Villain or Victim, a novel that follows the exploits of a gifted journalist who's determined to expose Pirate Hook's version of what happened to Peter Pan, of all people. Expect adventure, suspense, and lots of surprises at the turn of every page as the journalist learns truths about Hook he never expected along with us. At the beginning of this interview, I mentioned Elwin's mission. She is passionately involved in a campaign to make folks aware of the harmful consequences of bullies and their bullying tactics. You can become an anti-bullying advocate by applying, to by applying to join Kamala Chung's Bully Free Zone, the lively, supportive, and informative Facebook group Elwin administers. Kamala Chung's Bully Free Zone is a place to learn about and share resources, lessons, and other information to help promote positive mental health, both in and out of the classroom. 
Join in and hear from educators, parents, spokespersons, and crusaders who strive to involve lawmakers and citizens in fighting violence that deeply affects kids and teens. Elwyn Autumn lives with her family in Pennsylvania. About herself, she has written, and I just love this, she loves all things magical, curling up with a good book, writing stories, and almost anything with chocolate in it. And now she has a, quite a few followers before, because of that, I'm quite sure. And by the way, her name is spelled E-L-L-W-Y-N, and the last, A-U-T-U-M-N. So glad I can spend time with you today exploring your career, Elwin. Well, thank you. Thank you again for, um, for having me. I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation. Yeah, well, wonderful. So let, let's start off with uh, a, a pretty basic question that I'm sure you've been asked a lot, but I think we'd all love to hear. When did you first know you wanted to be a writer? Well, um, like you mentioned in the um, intro, when I was seven, uh, when I had to write that book report, I was like, oh no, I have to write my own story. This is, I don't want to write, write about somebody else's. So I am, um, I sorry, I don't really remember what I wrote back then. Uh, the first story I do remember writing was in fourth grade where the teacher gave us a writing prompt. And I remember sitting up a little bit straighter in my seat, you know, when she said we, uh, we could write our own story. So that's, that's how it started. I guess Wonderful. you could say it all started with the teacher. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, especially since we are both teachers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we know what that can do. Of, of all the readers you could have chosen to write for, why did you decide to write for kids and teens? Well, um, when I was a child and a teenager, um, there were so many good books out there, and they brought so much joy to me. And uh, I just wanted to... Um, try to provide the same joy and enthusiasm to young, to young readers. Wonderful, yeah. Well, I can certainly see that happening with uh, Kamala Chung and uh, your other characters. They, they certainly are interesting people to, to hook up with. Who, who or what inspired you to become a writer? No, there isn't really any one thing that inspired me. I guess just life, you know, it's just, uh, I felt like there's always this like, motor in me that just makes me want to write like it's I can't really tell you where exactly where it came from it's just always been a part of me but creating um storytelling because even before I was writing you know um play when I would play with my dolls and my friends um it was still a form of storytelling to me wonderful yeah yeah, I think sometimes it's a, a little bit of a mystery where it all comes from it's just a, it's an urge or something yeah. I don't, you know really yeah. Like another limb, you know. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Day, so, what about as you move from day to day as a writer, or whenever you are writing, what inspires you there? Music, um, reading, reading good books. Uh, watch, sometimes just watching uh, some of my favorite movies. Um, sometimes things in the news. Sometimes I'll just be walking around and I'll overhear somebody say something or. I just see something lying on the ground and it just sparks my imagination. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we have to be alert. Um, tell us a little bit about Kamala Chung, uh, that picture book series. Why, why did you want to bring this very complex character into children's lives? Well, I taught for 20 years and 17 of those years was in um, the Philadelphia inner city schools through the school district and just the the different uh, difficulties I saw the children dealing with 
um, the abuse, the neglect, the bullying. Um, and I just wanted to give them a voice. And I made a biracial character because for my 20 years of teaching, I didn't see a lot of representation of biracial children. So I wanted to um, also give them a voice. And the character is actually, her first name came from a little girl I taught uh, my second year in kindergarten. Oh. Yeah, I said, can I use your name for my story? And of course, you know, she said, oh, yes, yes, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a tribute. So, so you were teaching mostly in the, in the uh, lower elementary grades? Yeah, I taught a pre-K Head Start for 13 years and then kindergarten for about three and a half. Wow, okay. So I can see where she comes from then. I, I really like hearing that. What would you like your readers to take away from Patty Pringle and Elf, Elf Agent 1225's mission in your, in your book? Well, uh, she has to really believe in herself and she has to learn to work with um, Agent 1225. But in the end, she has to complete the mission herself. And it's just sort of a, sometimes we all have to learn things on our own, even though we have people supporting us, you still ultimately have to learn it for yourself. Right on. I mean, I, I, I remember feeling that, you know, the question was, is she going to make it? You know, did, does she have the stamina and the courage to make it? And, right. And yeah, and when, uh, when I was writing that, I mean, I started it years and years ago. My son inspired it when he was little, but uh, my daughter was going through difficult times where she was having trouble believing in herself, and I struggle with that, you know. And then I thought, this is something I really want to put into the character to help her go through her journey, you know, or hopefully help another child go through uh, maybe, maybe a journey that they're having trouble with. Maybe they can see that, you know, it can be done. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love to hear that personal connection like that. Is there, is there a, a second mission for Patty Pringle? Yes, the second one has been written for a while, but to be perfectly honest, it's a mess. And since I'm independently published, I have an, an editor that I work with, and she is phenomenal, but it, it costs a lot of money. So I have to kind of keep it on ice until I can afford to, you know, make Chris Kringle's Cops the sequel story that it needs to be. So oh, that, you know, so that it, I, I want to do my readers justice. Well, that sounds wonderful. So I, I think maybe you could stop here and just talk a little, a little bit about self-publishing. I mean, what, how did you move into that direction? Well, I, of course, tried to do the traditional route and I got sick and tired of all the rejection letters. I really wanted to see my story in print and I wanted to share it with people. So I, um, I just started looking things up online. I just, you know, typed in self-publishing and, uh, you know, different uh, things came up in the, you know, in the, in, the, um, in the search engine and I just started researching them. And I originally pu published uh, Chris Kringle's Cops through Lulu. And uh, then, then I went into picture books and I, uh, you know, that, that was a whole other experience, more researching. And um, I went through Create Space with them. But I mean, every day it's, you're learning something new because things are constantly changing. So true. And, and also about ourselves. I mean, I think once we plunge into the writing experience, there's so much that we learn about ourselves. And one of, one of my, one of, one, something I learn all the time is patience. 
<laughs> I, I want to rush it along, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You gotta, you gotta trust the process. But yeah, I, I get frustrated and patient with myself too, especially if I'm writing something and I'm like, you know what, the words just aren't coming the way I want them to come. But I'm like, let's just get to remind myself, get the words out, the first draft, plant the seed, and then, you know, and then tend the garden. Oh, love this. And I, I, I would, I, I hope that you, when you're out there in the schools, when you're doing, uh, you know, school visits that you, you, you talk just in those precise words, because I think so many kids need to hear that uh, it is a process and it does take a lot of effort sometimes. You just can't just sit down and, you know, whip it out. I mean, it's a matter of, uh, you know, spending time with it and really being patient with it and watching it grow. Yeah, and then um, I know a lot of teachers like when I say, well, I had to revise. They're like, oh, yes, revision. So, yeah, teachers really appreciate when I go through the process. And I mean, yeah. being a teacher myself, you know, I know the importance of passing on patience and writing, revising, repeat to young writers. Perfect. What about um, your characters in Captain Hook, villain or victim? which I love that title. When you set out developing them, what, what did you want to reveal or keep hidden about themselves? Well, um, I mostly just wanted to have fun with it, which I did. I had a great time. And I, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but um, Jim Bone needed to keep everything under wraps until the big reveal. So, and uh, David, the, the main character, David Locke, I mean, he's he's kind of an open book, and he's a very um, unreliable narrator. Like when you said he's a gifted writer, I'm thinking, oh yeah, he would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely love to hear that, even though it's with him, it's all just everything just kind of falls into his lap. Yeah, I see that. You know, I, I'd like to also ask you what kids and teens always ask me about writing. What is the easiest thing about it for you, and what is the hardest? easiest thing is coming up with the ideas, you know, they come from everywhere, but the hardest is executing it. You know, um, especially if you're writing a long story, you have to outline, and then I'll make outlines and I start writing and I'm like, oh, that wasn't in the outline, you know, so, <laughs> and then, you know, just making sure that it's um, something that I'm proud of that people will want to read. You know, I want to, I want to do my readers justice. I want to produce a product that people will like. And then, you know, hopefully want to come back for more. Oh, yes. Yeah, we, we want those characters to, to you know, to, to have people questioning them and, you know, wonder where they're going. I mean, it almost becomes like, it almost, when I know when I'm writing, I almost feel like they become my friends, you know, and sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it's, uh, I was just reading about this the other day, somebody was saying how difficult it is to let characters go once the story, you know, once you send it out. Yeah, yeah well, um, <laughs> I was writing, I, this story's been filed away for years, but um, I was writing my, my story. And then I had to uh, write my thesis for my master's class. And I was like, oh, now I have to put my story away. And I felt like I was packing away friends. It was kind of <laughs> sad. I know. That's, that's, that's so good to hear. I mean, that's how close we get. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what keeps you motivated as a writer these days? Music. Uh, I mean, when I get to... When I get to visit the classrooms, being around the children, the energy. I'm actually doing um, a story time right now for the next few weeks. Just being around the kids, you know, and seeing their enthusiasm and 
you know, their excitement for life and, and you know, uh, the news, things that are going on in our world right now, the environment and all the other hot topics. Um, they inspire me too because I'm struggling to find an answer for certain things. So I'm hoping that I, through my struggle, I can help other people maybe arrive at conclusions. Oh boy. So I, I, thanks so much for that. I, 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 I hope I, I think I read somewhere that you belong to a writer's group. Is that true? Yeah, um, yeah I'm in the Bucks County writers group, which is um, here in Pennsylvania. And then I also write for an online publication called Coffee House Writers. And that's, uh, it, it's a group of authors, we have meetings, we support each other, but it's also, you know, like an online publication where you can write anything you want. Wow, this is new to me. What is it called again? Coffee House Writers. Um, yeah, they're always looking for uh, new writers. I'll have to look into that. Is that dot com? Uh, yes, it's Wonderful. sort of an internship. You don't get paid, but it's there's tons of experience. And a lot of people who have written for the online publication have gone on to get really good jobs. And um, I just started a new position in the advertising team. I'm helping to make the YouTube videos. I actually have to do um, a video for uh, a love poem. I was actually looking up pictures before we started our interview. Oh, and so you'll, you'll animate this then. There, there is a poem already? Well, um, there's already one posted that I did. There's already several up on the YouTube channel, but I've only done one so far. One, one love poem, and now I'm working on a second one. Oh. But they're not mine. They're, they're other authors' mm -hmm. poems. But that's good experience. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, and I'm learning a lot. You know, just, making, just learning how to make the videos is, and add the music and put the text in and you know, put it all together because it's another way of storytelling. Oh, absolutely. In this day and age, for sure. And YouTube is a blessing in so many ways. So yeah. What, yeah. What about kids and teens? Should, do, do you think, I mean, they, they should be long or involved somehow in what we might call a writer's group? As yeah, um, I saw that question when you sent them to me, and uh, definitely. Uh, I know when I was teaching, I tried to start a creative writing group at my school, but it didn't pan out. I've also tried to start one at my local library, which also hasn't panned out. But yes, yes, children should definitely be. I mean, people are, kids are part of sports teams, you know, they, they um, support each other, you know, give each other ideas and encouragement. So yes, definitely. Good. Yeah, they, that, that support, there's nothing like it. I mean, I think, um, you know, as you know, from, from my, my answers to your questions, that uh, the, uh, the writing group I belong to has saved me in so many ways because I mean they just were so honest yeah and, you know yeah. And, and constructively so not you know not to hurt feelings or it was just oh, a no no it always has to be constructive and that's the main point of a good writer's group yeah and I, I think that's really good to hear because I think it also means that that's what we have to train kids to do I was in um I was in a middle school not too long ago and I gave them a writing prompt and then I came back a week later and they wrote some beautiful pieces, but they really didn't know how to interact with one another or what to say to one another. And I thought, oh, that's a great thing to teach. You know, I mean, that's what we have to do. In, in Head Start, we would, even in kindergarten, we would give the children like the, the sentence starters yes. you know, on how to give feedback to each other in a kind way. And writing is like a kind of a lonely hobby. So being in a group 
you know, you, you get to connect with other writers. So you're not alone all the time. That's right. That helps a lot. When, you, when you're talking to kids and teens, what advice do you have for them if they're aspiring to be writers? Definitely have to read um, and then write. And you have to sometimes share it with other people to get some feedback if you want to grow. I know there are a lot of people who don't, you know, when you're young, you don't want to share your work because you're self-conscious, but just read. Reading is the writer's exercise. Wow. And you know what I do when I read? Uh, sometimes if I like the way an author, like a phrase, I'll just copy it down. It's this way, you know, it'll hopefully help get my creative juices flowing because sometimes the words just don't flow, you know, so I make lists of words. I have like binders of them. That's so good for us to hear. And I know I, I try to do the same thing, um, you know, because you just, you find a phrase or something and you think, oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to plagiarize it, but I would like to maybe make it my own in some fashion. And uh, I know it, it motivates me a lot to, to be reading. And I read, I read that, you're, that you visit schools in your role as a writer. What do you offer readers and writers during those school visits? Well, it depends on which book, because for Creepy Crawlies, yeah. I go in, I read the book, but then I also show them um, my dummy book. Hmm. And I tell them all how they're all readers and writers. And I say, it's so easy. All you have to do is just take a few pieces of paper, staple them together and get a pencil. And then of course I show them my very uh, primitive drawings. <laughs> and uh, for the classroom bully one, that, that one's a little more serious. So I do more of a, I guess you call it a workshop or where we talk about different kinds of bullying and what you need to do. You know, if you see someone being bullied or how to prevent it, hopefully, you know, how we all like, because in the book, if we work together to help a child who's struggling, hopefully we can turn them around. It's so true. That's your mission. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you know what? Um, bullying just doesn't happen among children. It happens among adults in the workplace. And I had some experiences with that with some of my coworkers. So... Absolutely. I don't want, I, yeah. I don't want people to have to go through that. I know. And I, I, I want, well, I, we can move right then to this, uh, your anti-bullying campaign. Do you want to explain that a little further so that we get a sense of where you're coming from there? Well, I mean, with the school shootings and all the violence that goes on, a lot of the school shooters say they were bullied. And my child, my, my daughter suffered uh, with bullying and I just want to, a, a place a one-stop shop <laughs> where if teachers, parents, anybody who's suffering from bullying just come to one place and find what they need rather than having to search out the articles and the YouTube videos themselves. I just want it to be a place where everybody can come, scroll down, and hopefully find something that will help them deal with their issue. And I mean, bullying, I feel, is also linked to mental health because you're not, in, if, you're, if, if you're bullying someone, your mental health isn't in the right place. So there's also mental health articles and videos. And um, I'm hoping that more people will contribute because I know you've been contributing, like thank you so much for all the contributions that you've done. And one of the other new members has uh, contributed, but trying, I wanna get more people in the group to contribute. Well, I think that's so important. I think one of the things that you taught me was that 
it, it's far reaching. In other words, sometimes just like uh, going to your site, which is uh, Kamala Chung's Bully Free Zone, that's the, that's the uh, Facebook group. When I go there, it's very, it's very encouraging and very inspiring uh, to, to see the articles that you're posting, et cetera. And then I think to myself, well, maybe this book that I have that I'm exploring on, the, on, on Facebook, a, a book for kids or teens, is not necessarily about bullying, but it could be related to something like, how do you care for another person? How do you make friends, you know, and that type of thing. And so you've inspired me to do that and not feel shy about it. Oh, well, I'm glad. And thanks again for participating. Yeah, well, it's, we work together. It's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's so true. We, have to, we do have to work together. And I feel as educators, we both understand what that means because education is such a collaborative effort when you're, um, you know, when you're out there uh, working with other teachers. What you say, um, I, I want to, this is kind of like a quote. I said, how do you encourage teachers, parents, counselors, victims, and advocates to take the pledge in Kamal Chung's bully-free zone? You know what, I saw that question too when you sent me the questions, and you know, it never occurred to me to ask adults to take the pledge. I was, when I designed it, it was for teachers to use, or parents to use for their children. And so now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to rethink this. Um, but like for children, it would be, you know, reading a book about bullying and having a discussion on it and taking the pledge to hopefully, you know, help out other classmates. But it's just as important for adults to, uh, to take the pledge. So now you've given me something to think about. So I'll have to come back for another interview and tell you how I get it. <laughs> oh, I would love that eventually. I know in, in my life uh, also, you know, when, when I look around and I see adults bullying, uh, you know, and we see that on so many different levels these days, and I'm sure we don't want to get into the whole dynamic of that, but I, I know, I mean, I think that uh, there are adults who could very well take the pledge and, and make themselves more conscious of what, of the ramifications of bullying, but also the range of bullying. Yeah, well, I mean, people, and you know what else really gets to me? It's um, social media and texting. Like, it's, there's no face. So if you're angry with someone, you can just text or type whatever you want and you're not going to see the reaction. Yes. And that's, that's another thing we have to take into account because um, yeah. I, I lost a really close, a really close friend and uh, the things that she was texting me was just, was unbelievable. And I'm like, this is because she's not looking at me face to face. It just, it, it takes away um, the responsibility of the person who's sending the text we're typing whatever it is. It, there's no accountability. That's so true. And thanks for reminding me about that because I, I mean, I because I spend a lot of time on Facebook these days because I'm I'm, I'm book marketing in a sense for my the book that's coming out. And uh, you know, and sometimes I want to get angry with people when I find myself when they don't agree with me or something politically right. or whatever. And I just I just really have to stop and take a breath and just say to myself, "That's bullying." Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and you know what, and it's just that no one's listening. Everybody wants to convince the other person that their own views are right, and that's, that's not a healthy conversation. <laughs> I should say not, and that's so true. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> you, and I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, are you, are you working, uh, do you have projects that you're undertaking right now these days? 
Yes, um, for Coffeehouse Writers, I'm writing a story called The Enchanted Press, and it's um, about a main character. He's a fawn. His name is Mr. Shirley Timms, and he's going around the kingdom interviewing uh, fairy tale characters who've been victims of crime. Like uh, the three bears were suffered a home invasion, you know, like stuff. So I'm like taking the fairy tales and turning, I, I guess it's a, what did you call it? Not retold fairy tales. Reimagined. Reimagined, yes. Reimagined yeah, fairy tales. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It's right up my alley. I love that. I love that. I love, I, I hope you'll share those with me sometime, you know, because I, I, uh, I've been working on, that's my project in a sense for writing is that I've just been taking these folk tales and fairy tales and, you know, reimagining them as we say. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Are you those can go to Coffee House Writers or even on my, my own website um, and just type in the Enchanted Press and it'll come up. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I don't trust my memory, Enchanted Yeah, Press. me neither. <laughs> I have to make lists of everything. Sounds good. Um, and now, so I guess also we're, as we're coming toward an end, I went, how would you like folks to contact you? They can get um, in touch with me through my uh, website, ellenautumn.com, or email, ellenautumn.com, AOL.com. And then I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and my handle is at ellenautumn. I'm on Twitter, Pinterest, just ellenautumn, or ellenautumnmed. Um, and what about, what about your, your, your books? How do we find your books? Oh, they're on Amazon. Okay, good. Amazon. And then also when I came to your uh, website, which is www.elwynautumn.com, we said that before, are they available through your website? Yes. Oh, okay. I encourage people to go to your website because I think they'll, they'll also find your blog, which is, uh, what, what's the, I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just Elwyn Autumn. All right. Elwyn Autumn. Yeah. And uh, that also, the, you've got some interviews there and book trailer. There are blog articles and uh, other interesting treats for readers and writers. And I think that, you know, people will, will learn a lot about you and, um, you know, and what, what you're pursuing. I certainly appreciate your taking the time, Elwin. This has been wonderful. We spoke for about 35 minutes. And I think that uh, it, how, how rich I feel. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and your work. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, as you progress along with your writing that we can interview each other again sometime soon. Well, that sounds wonderful. And thanks again for having me. Yeah. Everything you're doing too. I mean, um, the, the, the retold fairy tales, kids love that stuff. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the true story of the three little pigs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids love all that, all that stuff. And it makes it really rich, um, like if you're teaching thematically, um, those retold fairy tales or reimagined fairy tales just make a richer, um, make for richer talking points. Well, yeah, and I think that the, the, the joy of it for me was, you know, having, because I, I, you know, I mentioned to you in my own interview that I had spent time in Greece and I, it, among the Greek people, storytelling is so rich still, you know, when you go to a restaurant, people will start telling stories to one another. And so it just inspired me to say how important those stories are because of the values, because of the conflicts, et cetera. So it's been a real joy. And uh, I'll look forward to see what you're doing with Reimagined uh, Fairy Tales. That's wonderful. And you, you have a wonderful day and let's stay in touch. Okay, yes, thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.